Welcome to Join Our Table, a meal support podcast for eating disorder recovery. We are your hosts, Jose Savinsky and Jillian Walsh. We're Canadian dietitians supporting those with eating disorders to re-nourish their bodies and reject diet culture. Join us as we provide light distractions, grounding tools, and resources to help you navigate mealtime. Welcome to our table. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 10 of our a la carte series. Today, Jose and I are enjoying donuts together. Jose is here. Hi, Jose. Hello. And thank you for all you folks that are out there joining us to challenge um, donuts with us. So we will spend about 10, 15 minutes um, eating and talking about some of the psychoeducation and information around, you know, maybe some of the thoughts that come up with eating donuts, what makes it so challenging for folks. And after that, we will have a quick sign off and I think just do our normal, you know, head over to Instagram, rate and leave a review spiel. (laughs) That is the plan for today. Yes. Wonderful. So Jill, tell me about the donut you're having. Maybe as you do that, I will go ahead and take my first bite of my donut. Yes, I can Um, do that as well. Oh, well, you go first um, so that I can can fill up the the airspace. Sounds good. So I went to the grocery store to get donuts today, which is not my usual um, location. I would normally go to, you know, a coffee shop or something. But it was convenient for me to pop over to the grocery store. So I went in and I have a like an old fashioned donut, which I found was very greatly or very well priced. I had no idea that you could get like six donuts for just over a dollar. So that was a new learning today. Um, and yeah, so they're kind of that old fashioned, unfortunately plain. I would have preferred glaze. I don't think I realized that there was such thing as like a non-glazed donut. Um, but that is what I'm, I'm, I'm with. How about you? I'm just oh. finishing my bite. <laughs> <laughs> I took two bites to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, mine is, um, kind of like a chocolate dip or chocolate glazed one. So mm-hmm. it's still a, like a white donut, but then it has a chocolate covering on the top. Mm-hmm. Um, mine is also a grocery store donut. Um, And like you, I tend to often get donuts like at the coffee shop or we have a a really um, great like donut shop as well that's pretty close by to my house. So we'll often go there and, you know, get some donuts to share over a few days sort of thing, Um, get a variety of flavors and like try all of of the different flavors together, my partner and I. Um, But today, like you, I happen to be going out to get a few groceries, so I just picked them up there. And um, it's actually, like, surprisingly yummy. So yeah, I'm cool with it. <laughs> it, looked, it looked very good. I have um, – I've actually worked with a dietitian in BC, and she had – her thing was, was um, like, grocery store donuts. And I had no mm. idea there was a specific – like store brand or store company that she was always saying like, these are the donuts. These are the ones that you have to get. And it wasn't until closer to our, like the end of our stay in BC that I finally went there 
And sure enough, they are amazing donuts. Mm. So I had no idea. And of course, moving back to like back east or towards the east in Ontario, that grocery store isn't here. So I haven't had another oh, one no. of those donuts. Mm-hmm. I was actually just about to ask you, are these available in Ontario so I can there find them? It. But out of luck, it sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's too bad. But um, but yeah, I actually, although I'm having the chocolate glazed one right now my um favorite donut is usually a sprinkle donut (laughs) which is just such yeah such a classic um my partner thought it was really bizarre when we first started dating um because he hates the crunch from the Mm. sprinkles and that's what I love like I love the contrast in those textures right right um because, I mean, the, the sprinkles don't really taste like much, right? Um, and so it's not really for the flavor that I like having the sprinkles. But um, but anyways, there were some sprinkle donuts at the grocery store, but the, the sprinkles had like like bled into the ice the icing mm. um, and they just didn't look appetizing. And I was like, no, I'm not going for that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah. actually a bit of a sprinkle snob. Oh no. And I the sprinkles that I need have to be the little like circular ones. Mm, they can't mm-hmm. be the long like cylindrical ones. Like um, the funfetti ones, like the exactly the longer ones. Exactly. So oftentimes, mm-hmm. you know, our common Canadian coffee shop around here. Yeah. We um they'll do like feature donuts and mm-hmm. maybe for like Canada mm-hmm. Day, they'll do red and white sprinkles. Oh no, those sprinkles won't do. So I won't even have that sprinkled donut. I will wait until the little, like the the tiny ball ones come back. So that's so funny. And I'm I'm just right realizing now, as you say that, that they tend to cycle through like the different sprinkles, right? Like mm-hmm. sometimes it is the long ones. Sometimes it's those little balls. Exactly. And I mm-hmm. I, I need the the little ones, like the little ball ones. <laughs> it's very important. <laughs> So, yep. And if not, it's like my partner, it's funny because I think sprinkled donuts have been a part of my life since I was like a toddler. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was a very common experience to go to the swimming pool and then get a donut on the way out because there was Mm -hmm. a donut shop in like the, in the same building. Mm -hmm. So funny enough, when we went to university, my partner and I, um, it was all linked to the same pool. So the pool is linked to the university and the coffee shop is still there. Okay. So he would go across and say, you know, I'm going to go grab a coffee. Do you want a donut? And so he'd walk on over and I'd say only if it's the circle sprinkles. <laughs> that is it. If it's not a circle sprinkle donut, then I'm going to have like a backup donut. And he thought it was like the funniest thing because it's such a specific request. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's what he remembers of our like late night studying at the library. Oh, that's so that's so funny. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Given that you're very particular about like your stationery and a variety of other things, it's really not that surprising, I guess, that you're <laughs> particular about your your sprinkles. <laughs> imagine, imagine. And you know what? You know what, Jill? There's nothing wrong with that. You like what you like, right? And, and I, I think- own it. Yeah. We own it. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) We often we often joke, um, just for for the listeners, we often joke because 
so often you will yuck my yum, Mm -hmm. but then you will say, yep, I'm yucking your yum. Like you fully own it. And it always makes me laugh. And for anyone who isn't familiar with that expression, um, do you want to explain what that is while I take more bites of my donut? (laughs) Yeah. So yucking, yucking your yum. I don't know where I picked that up from. I think it was from a pediatric dietitian who works with Mm -hmm. like kids a lot. And oftentimes when, you know, you're, you're trying to overcome picky eating, especially in like a family eating environment, you'll have a family style setting and you don't necessarily want kids to go back and back or sorry, back and forth and saying like, oh, like that's gross. You shouldn't eat it like that. So what this dietitian would say is, hey, you know, so-and-so don't yuck, don't yuck your brother's yum. So Jose eats some things that I'm like, oh, that is gross. There's no way I would ever do that. (laughs) And so I will say, I'm absolutely yucking your yum. And that's weird. (laughs) What you're doing is weird. (laughs) And it's actually not weird. It's that like, I'm the one with the problem here because it's funny. I, after, so I, the, the context or the, the scenario that comes to mind is putting peanut butter on blueberry flavored baked goods. Oh, yes. (laughs) It might be a blueberry bagel. It might be a blueberry muffin. But since I have yucked uh, Jose's yum, I've had several clients that do the same thing. And I'm like, okay, so I'm the weirdo here. (laughs) That is hilarious. That's hilarious. I I think I had done an Instagram poll actually after – I had after you had yucked my yum because mm-hmm. I was like, is this a strange thing that I do, right? That I hadn't realized was like not what other people do. Um, and I think more people were on my side, but there were certainly people who said it was strange. Yep. So it's not just you. I hear you. I, I still I yeah. stand by it. I still stand by it that it's, it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, I mean, to each so their funny. own. To each their oh, own. Oh, for sure. For sure. I never take it personally. I am I also like what I like and I will continue eating the things that I like. So <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, mm-hmm. folks, we have totally gone off topic. I think I may have told you at the beginning that we were going to talk a little bit about some of those, um, you know, diet culture comments around sugar, maybe some of those societal beliefs. Um, so that's what we'll get into now, just to touch on it, especially if you're having some thoughts um, that are popping up, maybe, you know, rooted in the eating disorder or just rooted in diet culture, that we may help be able, um, we may be able to help you kind of speak to that voice and maybe quiet it a little bit with logic, um, recognizing that logic is not necessarily going to be the be all end all skill here. Um, but Jose, do you want to start us off with answering the question, is sugar addictive? Absolutely. And you caught me at a great time because I just swallowed a bite. So (laughs) like you knew. Um, Yeah. So this is a question that I get a lot. And and sometimes it's not posed as a question. Sometimes it's people who come to me and say, I am addicted to sugar, right? And Mm -hmm. um, and. Yeah, it's it's an interesting topic because it's a very controversial one. Um, there's a lot of opinions out mm-hmm. there in terms of whether sugar is addictive. And, you know, I I certainly want to validate and acknowledge that a lot of people feel 
that they are addicted to sugar, right? They they might feel out of control when they're around sugar, or they might feel, um, you know, very very strong urges, right, to consume foods that are higher in sugar, and that that is that is real, right? Mm-hmm. And I I certainly want to validate that experience because that is real. And so, you know, whether or not sugar is addictive, like that is a that is a true experience that people have, yeah. um, and yet. Right. What we know is that a lot of the research on sugar and whether it is addictive is very, very flawed. Mm -hmm. So flawed in so many ways. So firstly, um, most of the research that we have is not has not been conducted on humans. And so that's a problem. Um, So most have been conducted on animals. And while, you know, while we share a lot of of things, there are a lot of similarities between us and, and other animals. We are still different species. And so how we react to certain foods, certain medications, right, different treatments can vary quite considerably. And so we can't always really extrapolate what we see in animal studies to humans. So that's mm-hmm. the first thing that I wanted to name. The other thing is that even, you know, when we do have small like small studies with humans, one of the things that often is not taken into consideration when measuring people's responses to sugar is whether or not they've been restricting their right. their food intake. Mm-hmm. Um, and in many cases, more specifically, their sugar intake. And when I say restricting, I mean both physically restricting, like not eating foods that are higher in sugar or mentally restricting, which means that they have these ideas in their mind in terms of, I shouldn't eat sugar. Sugar is is bad, right? Or sugar is unhealthy or evil, like all of these very negative connotations with sugar. And we know, right, that, that, that mindset around not just sugar, but really any food or any nutrient in many ways can fuel a desire to go towards those foods or go towards those um those nutrients because it's that you know you you want what you can't have kind mm-hmm. of mentality mm-hmm. right and so and so that's the the mentality part and then the physical restriction is that you know if people are undernourished of course these foods are going to be incredibly um you know, incredibly pleasurable. And of course, their brain is going to tell them to keep eating, right? But that's not necessarily because the food itself is addictive, but really because their body needs fuel. And so, yeah, so that's another point. And I guess the third point <laughs> that I would make um, as we're, I'm talking about this, I'm like, oh, yes, there's this other thing, um, is that I really have a hard time believing that we can be addicted to something that we need to survive. Absolutely. Right. And so, you know, we wouldn't tell someone like, oh, you're so like, I'm so addicted to breathing. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, well, Mm -hmm. of course you are, right? Because it's something that you need to survive. Um, You need to be doing for survival to survive, right? Or, or same thing with sleep, right? You wouldn't say like, oh, I'm so addicted to sleeping. Like you might really enjoy sleeping. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't make it an addiction, right? And so, yeah, that's where my brain is going yep. whenever folks bring up that question. do you Did I miss anything or any other thoughts or comments? 
as I take another bite of my donut. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, to me, I think that sounds that sounds exactly exactly right to me. Um, I can't think of anything that you necessarily missed. I do want to to make space and, and label the fact that this is a belief that comes up every single day. So mm-hmm, if that is something that mm-hmm. you have believed, um, you're not you're not the only one. It is something that not only, you know, I, I want to say that almost everyone has believed it at some point because oftentimes it is healthcare professionals that are speaking about this addiction. And absolutely. Unfortunately, the re- like I mean, I think sometimes diet culture can be so convincing that it also convinces folks that that are, you know, in those positions of being, um, I think offering, you know, services around maybe nutrition counseling or medical advice, those, you know, those different avenues in healthcare. And even those folks are susceptible to diet culture. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause it's so pervasive. It's Absolutely. everywhere. Yes. You're exactly yeah. right. Yeah. I, and I love that you added that little footnote, right? Because I think you're you're absolutely right. Like, I mean, to be fair, you know, there's still there's still a lot of controversy around this topic, right? Mm-hmm. And and really, it's still something that doesn't have a lot of research, right? And so, um, you know, what I'm what I shared is is really my thinking based on clinical experience, right? And based on um, the knowledge that we have around like restricting and binging and and the link between between those two. And so it, you know, it's pulled from a lot of a lot of clinical experience and and other things that we know about how humans interact with food and kind of the psychology around it, right? But mm-hmm. who knows? Who knows what we'll learn as we keep studying this. But I really hope that the studies that we do do have in the future take on a, a much more critical lens and realize realize these processes, right? That if we are undernourished, for example, that wildly changes how we respond to certain foods um, mm-hmm. and really, you know, really look at the impact of beliefs around certain foods and and account for those things when they're doing research. So yeah. Um, and, you know, in in many, many cases, so to kind of flip the question, right, back to you, mm-hmm. um, if you had explained all of this to someone, right, someone had asked, is sugar addictive? And you explained all of these things and they said, okay, but like, I still feel addicted. Like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. What would what would you say? And I know this is very, very general and it would be very different for each person, but yeah. um, wondering if you have some general thoughts in terms of that? Yeah, I think, um, I think oftentimes what folks feel like they should be doing is removing sugar from their intake or from their everyday or from their access. And that is not what I would normally recommend. So oftentimes when folks say, Hey, I still feel like I am pulled towards this substance that is sugar. I would encourage them to start incorporating it and allowing your body to get used to it and your brain to get used to it again in the sense that it is a everyday food that isn't put on this pedestal, um, that it's off limits or that it's not to be consumed. 
or it's not positioned in this hierarchy of being higher or like better or more addictive or more dangerous than other sorts of foods. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, I think that would be what my go-to reaction is normally to say like, Hey, like it's, it's something that we, that our body needs and and there is a space for it in our day-to-day, you know, food. So Mm -hmm. I would encourage folks to continue including it and actually increase the inclusion of those, of those types of foods. So foods that would be higher in sugar. Yeah. Yeah, it helps. It helps to kind of normalize it, right? And make it feel like any other food, right? And and I really want to emphasize that whenever I do these types of exercises with my clients, the goal is never that these foods don't become pleasurable, mm-hmm. right? So sometimes folks think that, you know, when we start including these foods regularly, like oh, well, then we'll never want them again. And one, that is not the intention because these are foods that, you know, absolutely have a place in our lives and in our eating, right? Mm-hmm. And it's okay to continue to find these foods pleasurable, right? It's it's really more so um, getting to a place where we feel a lot more confident, including them, um, you know, and, and can have an actual positive experience when we do. So, yeah, so that's a little another little note that I wanted to add because that is a misconception sometimes. You know, people will come to me and they're like, "But I still want to eat these foods." I'm like, "Of course, of course yeah. you do. They're delicious." <laughs> so, yeah. No, that makes that makes complete sense. So, mm-hmm. say, um, are you finished off your donut over there? I am, and it was great. Wonderful. So mine was also enjoyable. I will say that I enjoyed it more with a hot cup of tea. So I was very delighted that I had the foresight to include that. Um, I I will say that the glazed icing was missing. It was definitely Mm -hmm. something that I would have preferred to have. But hey, you know, I had it. It was good. And next time I know to buy the other ones. So Exactly. We learn as we go. Um, so we've done things a little bit backwards here tonight. We started off with a little bit of banter. We got into the psychoeducation on the the latter end, um, and no big deal. We're just switching things up, keeping everyone on their toes. But I will bring this episode to an end. Keep it close to around that twenty minute mark. And Jose, do you want to give us our sign off? Tell folks you know, where we need them to like and subscribe and all that stuff. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. So the first thing is we would love to see you on our Instagram. And so our handle is at join our table podcast. Um, So come find us there. We post a lot of information about our episodes there and love hearing from you either, you know, responding to our posts or writing to us in our DMs or um, we do polls and stuff in our stories too. So feel free to come find us there. Um, And then of course, you know, so that this podcast can be easier to find for other people. We would love, love if you could rate and leave a review and even share, right? If you have um, people in your life that you feel could benefit from receiving some meal support or challenging some foods, uh, feel free to send them a link to our podcast. That means the world to us when you're able to, um, to share it and help us, yeah, help us 
share this resource with um, with those who can benefit. So, and the last little thing, right, is that we have a new person who has joined us yes. in terms of helping us with the podcast. Jill, do you want to speak to that? Absolutely. So we want to give a big shout out to Claire. She is joining us um, in a volunteer role. And again, we're all volunteers, but she is a fourth year nutrition student. And she reached out and asked if she could help us out with some of the audio production, the publishing, and is working on all of the behind the scenes stuff. So we want to say a big thank you to Claire. And I have a feeling you'll be hearing her voice in the next couple of months. So if you can give her a big warm welcome over on our socials, she will, I'm I'm sure she'll see the comments. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Claire, and welcome. (laughs) Welcome to our table. There you go. All All right, right, everyone. Go ahead. (laughs) Both of us wanting to close the episode. Um, (laughs) All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us at To Challenge Donuts today. We appreciate you being here and we can't wait to have you join our table again. Yes. Have a great day. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Mm -hmm.